Viewers, welcome back to another week of Education, the Teachers Talk You Tear podcast, where myself, Mike, and me, Courtney, are going to talk about another horror film, but one that, of course, Courtney, you have not seen, but now you have. Like, think yes. of all of the check boxes you are marking off. I know. If you were to put together, have you seen this, you know, five months ago? No, you hadn't. You know, that's pretty solid of like, have yeah. you seen this movie? No. About we're, we're clicking away at them. Uh, I'm going to try something a little different here, just because people, you know, whatever. I saw a YouTube video um, one day earlier this week that's like, the easiest way to boost your subscriber count, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch, I'll watch this two-minute video. <laughs> and it really was just like, just ask people to like and subscribe at the beginning of your video. And I'm like, okay, so if you're watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe. Uh, and just watch. Our subscribers are just going to explode. Because apparently people don't know how YouTube works. Uh, yeah. But no. Um, but no, we're, we are back today to talk about The Shining. The 1980 uh, classic Stephen King, um, Stanley Kubrick horror film. Starring Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. Whew. This movie. Um, I don't know if I want to jump right into your... Th I do. let What'd you think? Without a grade, what'd you think? Okay. Um, I okay. How let, is... me pre let me let me preface first. <laughs> I came in. I just twenty five minutes ago. My wife was asking, "You think Courtney's gonna like it?" And I go, "I don't know, but I'm gonna say no." Um, uh, <laughs> uh, only... And I feel bad because no, it's okay. Both movies that Jenny has has like you know thrown out there. I'm not a fan. Like. How is this movie even on the list of like top 10 horror movies? Like what? Honestly, how? Well, it's like what we talked about last week and that I tried to I tried to preface a little bit of this movie by far is completely it's like situational horror. Yeah. It's not yeah. it's not scary because there's skeletons and party hats. It's not scary because there's an elevator full of blood. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a little creepy with the lady in room 237, but really where this comes about is the scariness is for me, the isolation with someone losing their mind. And that, yes. Um, it's like COVID. It's like, you can't yeah. leave. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, we've, we've been in Jack's spot. Um, not really, but I don't know, like the whole time, like I even Googled, um, why is The Shining scary? Uh-huh. And, like, there's different, um, I don't even remember what it said. Because it was like, do you know why something, I don't even remember. So, it obviously, like, it couldn't give a reason. So, I was just like, and I kept in mind, <laughs> like, it, they called it a psychological thriller. Right. But I'm like, nothing is scratching my psychological itch like it's not right. keeping me on the edge of my seat and it wasn't that I didn't like like it wasn't that I didn't like it it was just another one of those that it's like it just didn't scratch the itch oh, that I needed. No it's fine now I will admit I don't find this I don't think I've ever found this movie scary either yeah um but I have a lot of respect for Stanley Kubrick as a director because I think you you could probably agree that this movie is one of the few movies that we have watched, uh, you know, during the, the show where 
right from the get-go, I feel like our filmmaker knows exactly what he wants to put in front of us. Mm-hmm. Whereas yes. if you look at the the possession of Hannah Grace, it felt more like a, <laughs> it felt more yeah. like a, we're going to set a camera up in the corner and just dance around in front of it. For this mm-hmm. one, like right from the start, like where you got your opening crawl of the like really bassy, deep, like like thematic music while you've got a helicopter flying you you know it's like the trip up to the overlook yes and it's like it's not your typical opening credit scene no even halloween um you know where you've got you know from the opening get-go you've got somebody we don't see their point of view then he puts on a mask. Like, we're seeing everything from a first-person point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just, it's a feel. And it's its just complete control from the filmmaker to say, I, I'm going to do it my way because this is how I want to do it. And so even, like I said, the opening credits, you know, it wasn't this cutaway, like, extra title sequence. It was like, no, we're just going to drop the names and the title over the imagery and the music because I don't have time for that. Um, yeah. And, and so I do, I have a ton of respect for Stanley Kubrick and his creative eye. I've seen a lot of his stuff. I know you haven't, um, but it's, he really, as a director, it's just, I mean, he's one of the greats. He's heralded as, as one of the greats. He's also heralded as arguably the most difficult director to work for ever. Um, because he is, I mean, such he a, knows what he wants. He's so such a perfectionist. Yeah. Um, that, there was something I saw of uh, in terms of let me see if I could find it here really quick Um, probably not but like there was there were issues even on set between Shelley Duvall um, because like he would have her do a take like 130 times okay so I I do remember because after it was over like I looked up just like a bunch of things on TikTok and like it was talking about how like she almost went crazy mm-hmm. because him and yeah. stuff like that. And like it was just so just dragging out of everything. And yeah. like backtrack for a second. It's yeah. not that I didn't like it. it. I think it's because it's the hype of how scary right. this movie is. Because like I asked Casey and he's like, no, like that's supposed to be such a scary movie. And it's like, okay, two hours later, I'm still not so right. I think that's why because I get it. Yes, I, it like it just wasn't scary like the top ten lists say it is. Oh no, I get it. I get it. And like I said, it yeah. doesn't surprise me. Like I said when you know when uh, my wife had asked if what you thought, I'm like <laughs> I I really don't know. I hope she likes it only because it really is a great movie. Um, but in terms of uh, you know like like are you gonna? There are no jump scares. Right, you know, and that <laughs> you know me, the younger, you oh, know, yeah. our, our classics are yeah. the Conjuring and things like that. <laughs> oh yeah, we've talked about it. But, um, yeah, because this movie is on the IMDb top 250 movies. This is the 61st highest rated movie of all time, according according to people on the website. Uh, there are only 60 movies ever made better than this one, which is just mind blowing. Um, it's sandwiched right in there between 1957's Paths of Glory and 1940's The Great Dictator. Other movies around here that you may are, Wally is a little bit ahead of it. 
the first Indiana Jones is ahead of that. Aliens is behind it. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises. You know, so there's more recent movies around there. But, yeah. Uh, this is sitting at an 8.4. So, like, 84% of the people, you know, yeah. out of, you know, or, no, I won't say that. Out of out of 10, I mean, it's got 8.4. That's, that's pretty yeah. solid. Um, it is. But, no, it's, I, I do. I really enjoy the movie. I enjoy, um, I guess, just the complete control. Stephen King hated this movie, by the way. Um because Stanley Kubrick took a Stephen King story and made it a Stanley Kubrick movie as opposed to a Stephen King movie. Um, but, uh, but no, I just, some of the imagery, the sounds, the music for me, the music was like, um, I want to say like what millennials would say is like chef's kiss. Like that's it, fair. I'm, I'm cringing saying that that's the first time I've ever said that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. Uh, I, I feel that I feel that way when the phrase "butt hurt" comes into my mind. I'm like, no, you're not saying that. Yeah, um, the music. It was like you could you could like put yourself in there. Like something's going to happen. Yeah. Like something has to happen right. because the music is speeding up. The soundtrack was very good in yeah. this movie. The biggest issue, I, and I said this, um, I've said it I, for years. My biggest issue with this movie, and as much as I adore Jack Nicholson as an actor, I think Jack Nicholson always comes off a little crazy anyway. And so even before he goes crazy in this movie, mm -hmm. he already looks crazy. Yes. And so it's, I won't say it's less believable, but it, it just, it, you just, like, we're not watching a mild-mannered normal guy go nuts we're watching somebody that already has that look in his eye yes go nuts and it's like well it's no surprise ed because he look at him <laughs> he's already i mean a little nuts he was in one flew over the cuckoo's nest as randall like yeah yes he is nuts that's one of my favorites he, i love yeah. that movie he was the joker <laughs> in their first batman movie because yeah. he's nuts like it's jack nicholson he's nuts mm -hmm. um he's made a career of being nuts and so I felt like they played their hand a little bit there. Like, well, let's give him somebody that's nuts. Um, but anyway, it doesn't surprise me. And you don't have to... Don't back down from your opinion. It's totally fine. <laughs> I didn't make the movie. I'm not offended. Um, I never want Jenny to quit, like, <laughs> recommending movies, hey, though. She, she, no, she brought... She brought... Uh, she brought... Um, the strangers to the table. Oh yes, she did, and so. that one, that, yeah, that one was really good. So no, it's uh, it's good. So, uh, <laughs> well, a little bit. We've been bouncing back and forth. For those of you that may not have seen The Shining, we'll kind of go through the plot a little bit here. We start with the Overlook Hotel closes down for the winter. It closes down every winter, and because they close down, they bring in somebody as a caretaker for about five months, um, and that's where we meet Jack Torrance in the opening credits. He's driving his little yellow car up the mountains all the way to the Overlook Hotel, basically for an interview. Um, he meets with them, uh, you know, Stuart Ullman, uh, the, uh, the, like the manager, not the owner of the hotel, but the manager uh, that meets with him, basically has an interview. And we find out, you know, Jack is the you know, former school teacher, full-time writer, and this is perfect for him and his family. You know, I'm if, if it works out, I... Uh, you know, I'll be here and I get to finish writing and it'll be great. Um, 
he is notified though before he leaves. He basically gets the job because it doesn't yeah. seem like a job with a ton of applicants. No. <laughs> um, so as long as he fits the bill and he's willing to do the work, he gets the job. But he is notified before he leaves that a previous caretaker, not the previous caretaker, which is another big question mark I had for the movie, um, that a previous caretaker did go crazy and killed his family and himself in the hotel. But that happened years ago. It didn't happen last year or the year before that, which made me always wonder, like, who's been who's been the winter caretaker yeah. since Grady went nuts? And, like, did they not go nuts? Right. You know, it's like, why didn't you just keep bringing that person back? Exactly. Um, meanwhile, down in Boulder, Colorado, uh, his Jack's family, um, Danny and his wife, Wendy, are just at home in their little apartment or whatever. Uh, Dandy, Danny, Danny has an imaginary friend. Um, I forget what's he called or to, uh, Tony. Yes, Tony. Kind of. He sounds. Tony sounds like the little guy off the Little Rascals. Yes. Uh, yeah. Hey guys. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Tony is who he sounds like. Uh, and so yeah, Danny's got as he says. You know, Wendy thinks he's got an imaginary friend, but Danny is like he's the he's the man that he's the little person, the little guy that lives in my mouth. And he yeah. makes me talk, and it is a little creepy. But again, he's young enough; you chalk it up. Um, yes. And so he's having a seizure. Uh, he sees he's seeing things that he's never seen before in his thoughts. He's seeing an empty hallway with blood flowing out of a elevator. He's seeing a pair of twin girls that are just kind of staring at him. Um, and he, and again, he starts seizing. Uh, they bring, you know, they bring a doctor in because of course your kids, if seizing isn't normal, you know, we find out a little bit about Jack's history of a drinker. Um, Jack was previously an alcoholic until he had an incident where he dislocated Danny's shoulder while he was drunk. And that was where Jack decided I'm done drinking. He vows to no, not have another drop. Um, and he's been like five months sober. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's it's legit. Yeah, he's dedicated yeah. to it. Um, you know, and so we got the family. They get the job. And they um, they head up to the Overlook. There's really not a whole lot going on at home other mm -hmm. than just introducing her characters. Uh, they head up to the Overlook. Um, they get a tour of the place. You know, Jack's meeting with Ullman. Another thing that... That Jenny pointed out while watching is uh, we see them driving up, right? They've got their car. We see overhead shots of them driving up. Yet when they get to the hotel, they've got like eighty-five suitcases stacked up. You know, and they she, had a really big truck. Uh -huh, that's right. <laughs> I, I told her I said that's why Danny couldn't. That's why Danny couldn't sit down the whole trip. That's why he had yeah. to like hover over yeah. mom and dad's shoulder because we had to make room for all the bags. Uh, but yeah, they had yeah. all of these bags. She's like, where did all those go? Um, but they, you know, so Jack's meeting with Omen just to kind of go over some rules. Stay out of room 237. Uh, we get that in a little bit. Um, as Wendy and Danny meet uh, Dick Halloran, the yeah. chef, the head chef of the Overlook. Played I, by, I liked him. Played by Scatman Crothers is his name. Uh, Danny is, he's kind of looking at, at Dick. And Dick's talking to Wendy. And then Dick starts talking to Danny. This part was kind of like, ooh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Because it's like, while Dick's talking, and like you said, like, he looks over and he's like, you want some ice cream? Yeah, but he's, and it's, but he, but he's talking to Wendy. Yeah, 
And it's like he's got two faces yeah. going right there. He's very telepathic. And, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he calls him Doc to where Wendy's like, how'd you know his name's Doc? Well, did it's it's like this, uh, you know, kind of like we mentioned in, in Sir of Echo's episode of Dick has a power mm-hmm. and Danny has a power. But they don't really share that they have powers with other people. Yeah. But of course, Danny is so young, he doesn't realize he has a power. Dick Dick sees the shining, is what he called He said they can shine. That's what they call it. So Wendy heads off. Dick and Danny sit down and have some ice cream. And that's when basically Dick just tells Danny, hey, this place has also got the shining. You yeah. Know, there's some bad things that have happened here. This hotel... It'll talk to you, you know. Yeah. Uh, and stay out of room 237. Which which I did read that in this hotel, uh-huh. they changed it mm-hmm. because they didn't want anyone, like, never wanting that room. Of course, which makes sense. So, it's how yes. a, lot, a lot of, like, uh, a lot of, like, um, skyscrapers, they skip yeah. the 13th floor. Mm-hmm. It goes from 12 to 14, which to me, as, as, a, as a numbers guy, it, <laughs> that's not how it works. Yeah. There's still a 13th floor there. You just don't call it floor 13. Exactly. Like, like you call it 14. Yeah. It's like, so here it's like, oh, let's change 235. Let's change room 237 to 239. Yeah. It's, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Uh, which is why it drives me nuts when you are driving, when you're looking for a house on a road and yeah. like, and like the house numbers, just put them in order. Yes. 110, 111, 112, yes. 113. Just do that. It drives me nuts. I understand there's parcel lands, but whatever. Just come on. like 100% because ours is 916, and then we own the lot next to us, which is 920, but then the next house is 924. Right. And then why? I'm like, why aren't we, why are we skipping like fours? Like, yeah. where's 918? Where's <laughs> what? Yeah. What? And like, we live at the end of a cul de sac. So the house to our right has an even number. But the house to our left has an odd number, which where do where do things turn around at a cul-de-sac? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I don't I don't mail things to my neighbors, but it's still the point. <laughs> yes. Um. So everybody's gone for the season except for the Torrances. They're back, uh, and this is where the hotel basically is just like, hey. There's some new people here. Let's screw with them. <laughs> yeah. Because Starting with Danny. We're going to. He's yeah. riding his little bike. Uh-huh. Oh. And that would be, I tell you what, that would be like heaven. I mean, just to have the entire yeah. like hotel to yourself and your little tricycle. Yeah. Yes. Sign me up. Yeah. But he comes across these twins and he is, um, like sees them murdered. Yeah. So yeah, and it's all vision. Like he doesn't yes. he doesn't see them being murdered. Correct. It's like he's he's like you said, he's driving around. I love the, I love love the sound in this too. When he's going from carpet to hardwood, carpet to hardwood because it's just that's the only sound. There's no music. Yeah. It's just him pedaling and then the carpet muffled and then he hits mm-hmm. and it's just it, and we just watch him go on and on and on. Um Kudos to the cameraman to, I, I imagine him also yeah. on a big wheel tricycle, yes. like with with a, <laughs> with a handlebar mounted like camera, a, yeah. just like little dip, GoPro on him. 
The uh, noise reminded me of when it's pouring rain and you drive under a bridge. Yeah. And it stops. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It stops for a second because right. it was like when he was on the carpet, it was quiet. Yeah. I love I love doing that I in do a car. Too. Yep. So it was it was really neat. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's just completely intentional sound design here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like he's just driving this loop repeatedly um, through the kitchen, et cetera, and then he comes around a corner that he's been past two or three times already. Yeah. And that there the, the twins are. He'd already seen them once. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but there they are. And then like, just this look of horror on his face, we cut back and there they are just like laying their dead all bloody hacked yeah. up. Um, and so, uh, like the, the hotel decides we're going to mess with Danny full speed ahead, but we're going to mm-hmm. play, we're going to play the long game with Jack. Um, and so, you know, Jack is spending a lot of time by himself. You get the vibe. He's hit a lot of, he said, he's just hit some writer's block. Yeah. Um, he spends a lot of time kind of in the in the grand entry way on his typewriter, just typing away. Gets really irritated with Wendy anytime she ever uh, comes. Yeah, which, to be on, which, to be honest, um, loves Shelley Duvall's. I think she's an extremely underrated actress. But, man, does she know how to play obnoxious. Um, okay, I'm happy you say that. And I am a big, like, mouth person. Like, uh, I... You like big mouths? I... <laughs> Well, I like, I, that's the first thing I notice about everyone is like your teeth, your smile. Like I love to look at it. Yeah. And when it, when it came to her and I was like, huh, there's a lot what? to look at. It's her whole face. Yeah. And it's like, don't, it, it's nothing that she can control. Like, but it is, it's like, that was just like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. To, yeah, to be fair though, like she she really is a a, a great she's a great actress. Um she she was just you could I agree with you because you could tell just like how nurturing and how yeah. much like she really loved like her kid and all of that. You could tell that. Yeah. It should be of no surprise. She was actually 80s were really good to her. Um it shouldn't surprise you at all that when there was a live action Popeye movie made back in 1980, she played Olive Oil. Uh, which, again, if you, I mean, I'm assuming, yeah. maybe I shouldn't assume you know what Popeye and Olive Oil are. I do. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like she, she played Olive Oil, which she's built perfectly for it. She was in this, um, she was in a, oh, what's the name of that movie? Give me a second, I'll find it. Uh, Three Women. Um, uh, also directed by the guy who directed Popeye. That, I would say Three Women is probably came out in '77. Probably my favorite role of hers. Um, it's got her and Sissy Spacek. She played Carrie and Carrie. Um, it's okay. this. It's this. I were kind of sidetracking here, but whatever. It's this really. It's this really dynamic role where you've got these three women that are all extremely different personality wise. Um, and uh, two of them, Duvall and Sissy Spacek, are roommates. Um, but as it uh, as the movie progresses, like their personalities slowly change places, where Sissy Spacek is the very quiet, reserved uh, roommate, and Shelley Duvall's is a very boisterous, social. Uh, but that just it you don't even really notice the transition until it's mm-hmm. completely done. And then you're almost blindsided by it. like, wait a minute, like an hour ago. What just happened? Yeah, it's it's such a good movie. Um, 
I'll have to revisit that one. It's a good one. But no, she, I, I feel Shelley Duvall doesn't get her props here. She does She does play a very caring, nurturing mother. Um, but again, how do you how do you play the spouse of somebody who has already injured your child at a drunken rage and is also just on the cusp of losing it all the time? Like, yeah, like... So I, I feel like she does play it very carefully, which is how you'd have mm-hmm. to act around yes. a person like that. Yeah, she is eggshells all the time. However, when things go full terror later on, like, I think she nails it 100%. She does. Like, the, she she pulls every ounce... I mean, uh, Kubrick pulls every ounce of fear out of this woman. Like... Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's just this... It's building up. Like, you could tell Jack's mental state is just breaking down. Mm-hmm. Um, he's... I will say he's violent towards his family, but he's getting more frustrated when she comes to talk to him. You see him yes. throwing a tennis ball against the wall for like hours at a time. Uh-huh. Um, he has dreams of killing his family. Like it's just, he's again, dropping off the deep end here. Um, um, go ahead. He, and this is like where he's at the point where he just needs a drink because his yeah. mental health is like going so downhill that he walks into the new, like, ballroom yeah. that they had just redecorated, walks up to the bar that is empty. Of course it is. And, and they told him, he, they told him at yeah. the beginning, we clear all the alcohol out. Yes. And he's like, that's good because I, I I don't touch the stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I'd sell my soul for a beer right now. And that is, like, where I feel like he definitely yeah. sold his soul and went yeah. downhill. Right, yeah. Um, Danny... Again, riding his trike around. He's on the second floor now. And as he drives by room 237, he stops and looks. Because he recognize, he realizes where he's at. Yeah. And then as and then the door opens. Mm-hmm. And it cuts away. And we don't see what happens. Um, but Wendy finds him. And you can tell he's been physically abused. Yeah. So, understandably so... I'm married to a man who has physically abused our child once. He's he's also losing it, and he's the only other person in the in the exactly. entire hotel. Yeah. <laughs> so of course Jack did it. Um, to which Danny is like, you know, but Danny basically owns up. No, it's it was the lady in two thirty seven. Yeah. To and which, it was at this point I was like, wait, did I miss something? No. Because like Wendy's like, you know, telling Jack finally about it. And I was like, did I miss the woman in 237? No, no, <laughs> no. But you hadn't yet. And so um, nobody, of course, again, nobody believes Danny. Wendy does. Because, yeah. because she suspects it's Jack. Danny says it's the lady in 237, which, of course, she freaks out. There's somebody else in the hotel. Yes. There's somebody else in the hotel. So Jack, all right, I'll go investigate it. He thinks the mm-hmm. sun's full of it. It's like he did it to himself. Yeah. You know, which, no, you don't do that stuff to yourself. So Jack goes to investigate 237. And for me, this scene creeps me out. <laughs> this scene creeps me out big time. I I thought that this scene was so... It was, I just, I liked it. I liked the grossness mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And it's like, you've got this nude 
naked model yeah you know and it's like she wraps she's got like nice hands you can see her fingers yeah. wrap around she's very tall she yes <laughs> it's like she is straight from like a victoria's secret magazine like you know she gets up got a full shot of her uh-huh. and she comes over and like jack had expressed to um the bartender the imaginary bartender that him and his lady were having some issues. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, when this young, attractive girl comes up to you naked, you know, and it's even more, it's the hotel messing with him. Yes. Because he, like you said, he'd already been at the bar. The ghost bartender showed up. Um, and he's and he's just doing what you do to a bartender. Like yes. Jack Jack doesn't even he hasn't even processed we're backpedaling just a little. Hasn't even, okay. hasn't even processed that he's talking to a ghost. Yeah. You know, like he's fine with it because he gets hits an outlet. So again, is it a figment of his imagination? Is it really mm-hmm. happening? Like you said, then he re- revealed oh, me and the old lady having a problem or whatever. And then suddenly this just this beautiful nude woman shows up. Mm-hmm. Of like it's the, again the hotel just peppering you with this. Yeah. One, one of my favorite shots in the movie uh, is Jack goes into two thirty seven. All the lights are on, like everything's lit up in this place, which is odd because part of Jack's job is to cycle different parts of the hotel with with electricity, yeah. so that the whole ho- the whole hotel isn't lit up at once. Uh, so Jack goes and all like this place looks lived in. And he, like you said, he goes into the bathroom and the curtain is half covering the bathtub. And then you just see this hand like pull the curtain yeah. back. And there she is. And as she gets up and steps out to where you see her fully, the camera cuts back to Jack's face. And he, and it just, oh, it just, he perfectly does it. Yeah. Yeah. This look of, <laughs> at first of sheer terror. And then just his face slowly molds into happiness. Yeah, like, he's like, yes. Yes, bring it on. So she yes. brings it on. And they are like full force making yeah. out. Yeah. And I'm like, whoo, what's happened? Like, I'm thinking he's going to, you know, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be nobody. Like, he's. <laughs> be kissing. A, right. Yeah. Um, no, he opens his eyes and looks in the mirror. Oh. And she <laughs> is just. it. Oh. She's an old hag. I mean, there's yes. really no other way. Yes. Just. Like, like, oh, just bed sores. And they're like, oozy, yeah, gray, yeah. discolored. Like, she had been in that water yeah. for a long time. Well, then they, they keep splicing back and forth. Because as he backs away, again, with a look of even more terror on his face. <laughs> and she's coming at him. I hope that this old lady that went fully nude for this role. I hope she was the highest paid person in the film because <laughs> yeah. she, she bared it all. Um, she did. And, uh, and so she's coming after him laughing and cackling, but then they cut back to her laying in the, like submerged in water and just her skin's flaky. And uh-huh. it's just so gross. Yeah. Stephen King has a thing for uh, writing nasty looking people coming at you. Uh, Zelda from a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. you know, this old lady in 237 now. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's yeah. just disgusting. Just disgusting. And I just like, I loved it when he opened his eyes and saw in the mirror, like her huge back yeah. covered in that gray mucusy looking mm-hmm. nastiness. Yeah. Oh yeah. It- <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, this is when. 
I, I jumped the gun a little bit. This is when Jack comes back to Wendy and then blames Danny. He did it himself. Yes. There's nothing yeah. in 237. It's totally fine. There's nothing there. Yeah. So and- <laughs> Jack goes back to the gold room. It's his only place of solace. Uh, and he continues. He's just, he's drinking again. Again, and this, yeah. With Lloyd. Lloyd's the bartender's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a party yeah, people is like, like happening. Like it's people like people start showing up. Yeah, it, and they're dressed like they're from like the movie The Great Gatsby. Yeah, like, like they're, they're like dressed from the twenties. Yes. Um, and he gets a drink. It's like he's going to go mingle or something, and a waiter bumps into him, making a mess. Yeah. So of course, you know, the waiter is like Nope, let me take you to the bathroom, clean you up. And and he's like, yeah, my name's Delbert Grady. And that's when Jack's like, wait. Yeah, like it hits him, which is odd because Jack, you like nobody else is in the hotel. Yes. And yet you're at this party and it doesn't even seem off, you know? No. Like he's so, he's lost. Like he's just lost his mind. But like you said, this part where the man helping him is Grady the previous caretaker who we mentioned had already mur- had murdered his family. He hadn't done it yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he he alludes to it a little bit. But he hadn't... Yeah, but he ended up, like, they said that he shot himself, so you couldn't, like, see that on him yet. But right. yes. Um, they're in the bathroom that is, like, all red. Yeah. Your favorite color. Ugh. And I'm like... I don't know. I don't know why I dislike that color so much, but it's like it was everywhere in the movie. I felt like I'm like, man, like red must have really been a color in the 80s. Come on, people. But yeah. um, And he Jack has been told by Grady that Danny is bringing in this outside source. Yeah. And it was 1980. So they just went ahead and used the worst terminology. Yes. Yes. Um. And that, Jack, you've got to you got to fix the problem. Yeah, like you need to correct you, <laughs> your wife and child. Yeah, and so Jack's like, of course, I'll do it. So let me hack him up. Yeah. So Jack, uh, Jack then proceeds to. Uh, he really splits from his family here. Like mm-hmm. he goes out of his way to, um, like over the course of the rest of the movie, like he. He takes out uh, the snow cat, you know, the, the really like the, the very large yeah. snowmobile access. He, um, he breaks the radio, like not all at once, but it's like over the course of things. Yeah. Like he's, he's doing everything to eliminate the possibility of outside contact. And this is what Grady was talking about because Danny can he telepathically links with Halloran who's down in Florida uh, uh-huh. and, and what might be the the greatest decorated room of all time? The I mean, you can you know he's single. Oh yeah, yeah. As he's, <laughs> I love I it. He's just laying in bed watching his TV. He's got fully nude portraits of his African queen all over. Yes. with a gigantic afro, which is so yes. awesome. Um, yeah, he's just chilling, and it's like, oh, just, like those extra pieces of they just. They lay a lot to the who the characters are without mm-hmm. having to show who the characters are. Um, yes. So, yeah, Danny's trying to communicate with Grady. Or, no, with Halloran. Yeah, and he's, like, laying in bed, like, 
Right. I oh, mean, he kind like of goes. Yeah, I was gonna say he kind of has that same seizure feel yes. that because he's seeing things also. Mm-hmm. Um, Wendy finally gets into uh, Jack's manuscript at the typewriter because anytime yeah. she gets close, Jack just shoes her away, uh-huh. and he's got a, this stack of you know two hundred typed pages. Yeah, he's he surpassed his writing block now. Like yeah. he's he's got it and. <laughs> But it, I mean, it's going to be the most boring book ever because all it says is all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. That's it. That's all it says. <laughs> line after line over. after line. Hundreds and hundreds of times. Um, with different formats, different. I mean, it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's all over. <laughs> and uh, Jack finds her. Yes, and he's, he's, he's come at her now. Yeah. She's got this baseball bat. Does what she has to do, knocks him unconscious, drags him into the pantry. Yeah. Um, and she and Danny are going to leave. Right. And she informs Jack of that. And that's where we find out, like, that he's done every, you know, yep. like, this is where it shows, you're like, everything that he's done. Like, <laughs> surprise, yeah. you're not leaving. Right. Um, and Danny is having, like, I don't know, like, he's like little possession. Yeah, he's going into almost. another little spasm. Yeah, he just, yeah. he keeps he keeps yelling. It gets, it's Tony. Tony keeps yelling, yeah. Rad Rob, Rad Rob, Rad Rob. He's like yeah. writing it on the door in lipstick and like he's just freaking out like big time. Mirrors play a big role in this movie um, because... As Wendy is consoling Danny, trying to get him to calm down, she looks over his shoulder into a mirror. Mm-hmm. The way that Jack looked over the lady's shoulder into the mirror. Yeah. And she sees that red rum is the word murder spelled backwards. Yeah. Um, and so, again, it's now kind of a race against the clock. Um, and But they feel... Wendy feels somewhat safe because, again, we've got Jack locked up. Yeah. Well, Grady goes in free, the hotel. Really? Yeah. The hotel frees Jack. But Grady, he, Grady frees Jack, and mm-hmm. now he has an axe to go after Wendy and Danny. Yeah. Um, it had been snowing like crazy, so Danny gets to like Wendy has Danny um, escape through it like a second floor window down its huge snowbank. Um, Wendy, all, all she has is a knife. And she's trapped in the bathroom, and Jack comes in. And what probably the most famous part of this movie, because um, he takes this axe to the door, uh, splits it. It's just the look of pure terror on her face. So I read that this was not like supposed to happen. Yeah. Or like, um, and that all of the terror in her face was real. Like, really? the tears were real and that she was yelling out like Jack, like his real name because she thought that he had gone crazy from filming it. Oh, Um, (laughs) that wouldn't surprise me. She did. Now, if, I mean, if that's true or not, I just read it. But yeah, I, uh, if you saw it on the internet, it's true. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I guess I'm speaking that into existence. So now it's definitely true. Right. which made it even cooler, you know, looking back on it because it's like, wow, that was <laughs> like she was scared for her life there. Yeah, yeah, big time, and you could tell it's just she wore it yeah. on her face. Um, 
And so he he breaks through, starts to unlock the door. She takes a, a knife to his hand. She just slices him. But yeah. it's enough to kind of broke him from his trance for a moment. Um, and so, meanwhile, Dick Halloran is trying to be the hero. Yeah. Like, all the way from Florida, he realizes, because Danny's been in contact with him, with The Shining, so he gets himself all the way to the Overlook. He gets a hold of a guy, gets a snow cat, makes the drive up, like... Everything is building up for Dick to be the hero. Everything. Mm -hmm. um, Dick gets to the hotel, and uh, while he's <laughs> he's just walking through the lobby, kind of hollering for the family. Uh, doesn't even have his coat off. Like he doesn't even really. He's. You almost feel like he's not even really there yet. Yeah. Like he's yeah. there, but he has no no concept of what's actually going on at the moment. And then out behind a pillar steps Jack, buries that axe into his chest. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Dick's done. Like, all of yeah. that effort to get up there, and he's wiped out. Like, the yeah. hotel has fully got its hands on Jack as to be this murderous rampager. Um, and so that leaves their snowcat. Like, that... You almost feel like, in hindsight, the only reason Dick got up there was to provide another yes. <laughs> another exit. Yes. Um, meanwhile, one thing we didn't mention is this hotel has this gigantic oh, labyrinth, yes. mat, labyrinth hedge yeah. maze. Um, Danny's taken off into yeah. the hedge, into the hedge maze. Uh, Jack goes in after him. Wendy goes back into the hotel looking for Danny. That's when she starts to see everything. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's like almost like this parlor trick. Like she goes back into the hotel, and the hotel's like, "All right, boys, let's give it to her." You know, and yeah. Like everywhere yeah. she turns, she's seeing the blood out of like the things that Danny's been seeing all along. Mm -hmm. Wendy is now being shown, like without the shining. This is just the hotel making it all yeah. real, <laughs> which makes you think: like, is Wendy losing her mind, or is the hotel really this like? demonic and say and and just terrible um and so yeah danny makes the smart move of he kind of covers his tracks uh in the yeah. snow <laughs> and he gets jack lost in the maze um works his way back out uh as he is hidden behind a snowdrift uh and then jack's trapped in the maze wendy and danny get in the snowcat and take off um, and Jack freezes to death. Like it, it cuts to one last shot of him, like f just frozen stiff. Yeah, and uh, this this uh, like picture, I I thought that it was from like a funny movie or something of him being frozen. Oh right, because no. he reminds me of the guy on uh, uh, Me Myself and Irene. Oh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, like I don't know why, but. I, he reminds me of him there, and as he cut through, and he's like, "Johnny's here!" Right in the door, I'm like, oh, "He looks like Jim Carrey there." <laughs> yeah, well, Jim but, Car Jim Carrey did a lot of early career stuff, especially on uh, In Living Color. Um, like he he does a really good Jack Nicholson impression, and so okay. um, you know that you're not too far off. Like good. Jim Car <laughs> Jim Carrey can can do the eyebrow thing, and he. He did, he does a really good Jack Nicholson impression, so that's probably why he <laughs> reminds you as much as he does. 
Um, and we are taken back into the hotel right before the movie ends. And there's this photograph in the hallway. Um, yeah. And it's from like 1920, 21, and um, zooms in. There's yeah. a whole crowd of people. And there's Jack standing front and center. Yep, front and center. He's part of the hotel now. Yeah. And uh, so it's like I wonder if those are all the people that have been taken. Like, yeah, and and I think that's left to just be ambiguous. Um, yeah. Like, I said, is it a collection of all the people that have gone crazy at the Overlook? Is it is it all the party goers that have showed up at the Gold Room when he was drinking, and then Grady was talking to him, and now he's part of that? I mean, you know, it's uh, who knows, yeah. but but it just shows that um, it's just kind of like that Jack was going to be there all the time. Like it's, yeah, it's just, you know, predetermined that this is how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, and that is the shining. That's the shining. I, again, not surprised you didn't, I won't say you didn't care for it, but it's, I could see this being a much more effective horror film in 1980. Yes. And that, and that's where, um, that's where a lot of these like you know top lists kind of lose their luster is there's constantly new movies churning out all the time and people have different flavors and so like is this movie on the scariest movies of all time list because it's supposed to be or is it there because it really truly does scare the people yeah. putting those lists together who knows um but you got two stephen king movies in, in the last month so yeah as I went to the library Monday, I thought, you know what, I should do a Stephen King, but then I'm like, those are so big, yeah, and I'm are. not a reader. So they, they do read nah. pretty quick, though. I'll give you that because there's not a lot of like heavy language, you know, like you really yeah. have to wrap your brain around it. It is pretty straightforward. <coughs> so, but they are big. They are big. Yeah. Um. So let's get to the grading portion of the show. As a as a kindergarten teacher, how would you grade this movie? Um, I'm going to give it a B minus. Oh, that's higher than I expected. It, yes, only because, like, like I said, like I didn't dislike it. It just didn't scratch my itch for horror. Mm -hmm. um, and the music was really good. A lot of, like you had said, like the intentional things were good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, B minus. Fair enough. I'm gonna give it an A minus. Um, again, I. I was born in 79. This is one of those movies that has always been there since I've been aware of things. Um, I have a lot of respect for Stanley Kubrick as a filmmaker. Just some absolutely gorgeous movies. 2001 The Space Odyssey is a great film. Uh, arguably the greatest science fiction movie ever made. A Clockwork Orange is an extremely ultra-violent movie. That really does, is tame by comparison to a lot of things today. But at the time was very shocking but also just the guy knows what he wants to put on screen and is not going to stop until it's there and so i have a lot of respect for that um and so i'm going to give it an a minus just because i really think it's a great film there are a lot of un unanswered questions and there are a lot of things that uh you know like i kind of mentioned um you know, like Jack Nicholson already looks crazy. So bringing him on board is, you know, you're tipping your hand a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. Um, they did do a remake of this as a uh, as a television, like, miniseries. Is that The Room 237? No, it's called The Shining. I think it came out in like oh, okay. 90-something. Um, 
They did do also did a sequel to this. Uh, 1997 is the miniseries, starring um, Stephen Weber and Rebecca De Mornay. Names that you have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Directed by Mick Garris, another name you have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, if I remember correctly, Stephen King liked this miniseries better than the movie. Uh, he felt it was more, um, it, w- it honored his book a little bit more. Okay. And, and Stephen Weber is not, um, he's not a crazy looking actor. Uh, and on top of it, like they use, in 1997, they used a little bit more, they used a lot more special effects than they did in 1980. Um, but yeah, it's like three hours. And then there is a sequel to this movie that came out just a couple of years ago called Dr. Sleep. Um, yes, I saw that. Oh, you did see it? Well, like I didn't oh, see it, but I saw it, it yeah. listed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it is, uh, it's based on, like Stephen King wrote a novel, Dr. Sleep, as a sequel to The Shining. It deals with a grown-up Danny Torrance. Um, and so he still has The Shining and et cetera, et cetera. I haven't seen it yet, but um, but I'm curious because yeah, I like it. Uh, so yeah, that's my grade. B minus for you, A minus for me. Uh, educational lessons. This one's a little hard for. <laughs> These are harder than I thought they would be. Um, why don't you go first? All right, I would say um, taking a lesson that applies in this movie, but also expanding it into the educational world. Um, if you are a parent with a significant other. Uh, I highly recommend any decision that you're going to make that impacts your child, discuss it, collaborate on it, talk it through, make sure it's a good fit. I get the vibe that Jack was going to, that Jack was going to pursue this job, whether Wendy wanted him to or not, um, because it worked best for him. And obviously it did not work out for the family. Um, but you know, Wendy being kind of meek, I have a feeling that that's just the dynamic of this relationship. Jack does what Jack wants to do, and Wendy just goes along with it because she loves him, and she's going to feel bad leaving him. Um, but to take it, you know, to the educational world, uh, it's very difficult for us teachers when we're making contact with parents or guardians to get both of them on the phone at the same time. Uh, and so nine times out of ten, the things that we're contacting home about are more just newsworthy your kids had a great day, your kid did great on this test, or your kid's been kind of a butt. Um, but if there are any conversations brought to your brought to your feet in regards to something about your child, talk about it with your significant other, make it a group decision, weigh out the pros and cons before you make a jump. Uh, and especially don't go be a caretaker of an abandoned snowed in hotel for five months with, <laughs> with only one child. Um, yeah. So, that's my educational lesson. What do you got? <clears throat> I agree with that. Um, mine is not really into the classroom. That's all right. But um, to me, like, Jack is very, in this movie, like, narcissistic, mm-hmm. um, most abusive. And mm-hmm. it's like, even if you think you can't, like, please leave. Don't just stay in a relationship like that because no. you're a kid. Because it's like, we as teachers see that, like, your kid knows they suffer through it. So please do not stay with someone, I mean, who is a raging alcoholic and has injured your child and just comes off as, I mean, a narcissist. Yeah. Like, don't stay with them, especially just because you have kids. Because, 
like you said, like Wendy was just, I mean, she's just kind of a pushover and whatever Jack wanted, it went, but it's like, I see too many times in the system, like, kids are like, yeah, my mommy and daddy are fighting again. I'm like, yeah, my, you know, my mommy's mean to my dad or vice versa. Like it just, it's unfortunate because it does affect your child a lot. Yeah. A relationship should be about loving each other. Not, not, I can't leave him because I love him, even though he's mean to me and beats our kid. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, you deserve to be loved too. So, well put, well put. Well, it's that time of the show where we pick another movie. And we kind of talked about this already. But yes. I think I think we have somebody who wants to be a guest on our show. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, preface, uh, last weekend my daughter went to a slumber party. Um, Post-COVID, she doesn't go to a lot of slumber parties. Uh, just because it's kind of got disrupted the preteen ritualistic blah 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 but she went to a slumber party last week and she'd asked me because they were talking about watching a particular scary movie a movie that my daughter had not seen really in a genre she had not seen and so she really hasn't seen much uh horror and she asked about it and uh i'm like yeah that would be okay even though yes it's rated r and there's some violence and there's some language the biggest thing we were worried about was like nudity and sex scenes um, because that's just, she's 12. We haven't, yeah. haven't tackled that just yeah. yet. Um, and so I figured you'll be safe here cause there's nothing happening on screen. Uh, like the shining. No, no, you're not going to watch the shining, you know, <laughs> simply because of the woman in room 237. Uh, and so, um, but so she watched it and I would say in this last week, she's probably watched this movie two more times. And has I love it. and has a Pinterest board going, and yeah, she is uh, fully devoted to this. So she had asked me if we if 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 we would cover it on the show and if she could be a guest. And so next week we will be watching the original Scream uh, with Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox, uh, and my daughter will be a guest. So we will have my daughter Ella on the show uh, as a guest. I have no idea where this is going. I could say, I could, I don't know if it's going to be the two of us and a third face on screen, or this could end up being a three hour episode. I have no idea. I was going to say, I could see her getting on here and just being like, hi. Yeah. And then just looking at us the whole time. But I could also see her just diving in lately um if if it's anything uh, granted a week from now co- completely changes things in a 12 year old <laughs> life but lately it has been a chore trying to get her to stop talking <laughs> um like i popped in this morning she was on her bed crocheting i'm like hey good morning kiddo and i think i stood there for like three or four minutes and she just Jenny did the same thing. Pops in, good morning, and it was like five minutes. I finally heard Jenny say, "I'm leaving now," and and Ella's chasing her out the door. No way, no, no! I want to talk to you. Um, so, but oh, she's excited. She's very nervous. Um, she's just because she doesn't know what to expect. I told her I'll probably have her like up in her room on her Chromebook. Um, mm-hmm. So that I can get her separate footage and we're not yeah. smashed together here next to each other sharing a microphone. Um, I think that'll be easier for the three of us to navigate. So, yes. but yeah, we will be back. Have you, have you seen Scream, the original? I haven't. Oh. Um, I've seen like bits and right. pieces. I'm like, sure you're familiar. Yeah, but I have not. Um, 
seen it. No. Well, and I I think because I've seen the the sixth one just came out in theaters. I've seen the first five, and they're all I won't say they're all the same, but in terms of a, they're all about the same level of appropriateness. There's mm-hmm. no there's no nudity in any of them. There's no like like gratuitous sex scenes in any of them. So I feel like if I'm going to let her watch part one, she could probably carry through the rest of the series without any issues, which could become a fun little recurring guest spot of, (laughs) you know, uh, watch the first one, come on the show, we'll chat about it, and I'll have her back in a few weeks with part two or Mm -hmm. something. Uh, I think she, we'll we'll see how episode one goes. But yeah, we will be back next week to watch Scream with my daughter Ella. So I hope you're ready for the 12-year-old perspective on things, listeners and, and viewers, because you're I think it'll get be it. <laughs> it'll be neat because it's like you were my teacher. Yeah. I was one of Ella's oh, yeah, teachers. Yeah. So it's like a little generational yeah, thing. Yeah, it is a little bit, isn't it? <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, that that's where we're at now is I'm only 43. That's not old. But, you know, when you're like, yeah, I taught you and you taught my daughter. And now my daughter is going to be in junior high next year. And, yeah. But now I'm not that old, but... All right, so that's what that's it. That's what we're going to do. Scream for next week with Ella. We'll see how it goes. I know she's nervous. Um, it may end up just being the two of us doing Scream. If she gets on there and just clams up, we may say, if this isn't, no, I'm going to make her do it. No, if you're, if <laughs> you want to do it, through. yeah, if you're going to do it, you're going to commit to it and we'll just talk to her. So she'll be fine. I have a yeah. feeling that she'll just get to rattling away. So. All right, well, social media-wise, you guys know where to find us, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, You can listen to this as a podcast on any of your favorite podcast apps, which clearly, if you're listening to it as a podcast, you already know that. Um, But yeah, just click like, subscribe down below. We did ask last week uh, when I put it on Facebook of people, hey, just share it. If anybody just share it. Uh, My mom did, so there you go. (laughs) We got one one person to share it out of the ordinary, but... Uh, I have a feeling it's going to just explode after we get a 12-year-old on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Show up By to a be- bunch of 12-year-old girls. That's fine. I don't care. And so. you know what? That's a, Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, it's a clean PG podcast. It's fine. Yes. So. All right. Well, uh, you got anything to send them out with? No, I just have a wonderful week. All right. Spring is among us tomorrow. Yes. As of recording date, tomorrow is the first day of spring. So, yay. Uh, but, yeah, we will uh, we'll be back next week with, with Scream. For Deducation, I'm Mike. And I'm Courtney. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.